3: Do spirits respond more to objects than other people? How can objects be used in investigations to show evidence of the paranormal? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. And this week, we're talking all about trigger objects. Trigger objects are a common practice when investigating the paranormal. This usually involves leaving an object or multiple objects in an area unattended to provoke and capture a response from the other side. Now, this is often common practice amongst paranormal investigators. In most haunted investigations, we've used trigger objects, Oh, so many times, including our own creepy doll in Derbyshire's Codnor Castle Cottage. Now, you might often see me in these episodes throwing balls out to spirits in the hopes that they'll respond and throw back. And in some cases, they have over the years, I've had some extraordinary results with trigger objects. The very first time we had a result which blew our minds was one in Derby. We were investigating an old prison and we placed an old wooden cross on a bench in the condemned cell. We placed the cross on an A4 white sheet of paper and drew around it with a black marker pen. We then closed the door and made sure that no one went into that room whilst the locked off cameras recorded for an hour or two. When I went back into the cell a couple of hours later, I and the rest of the team were so unnerved as it appeared that the wooden cross had moved outside of its drawn lines. I think I screamed and yelped quite a lot, not in fear, but in total and utter excitement, seeing that this cross had moved. Then, of course, we were all looking round for logical explanations. Could a wind, a draft have blown um, under the door And made the cross move. No, of course not. The cross was solid wood and very, very, uh, you know, just too heavy for a a breeze to move it. It was extraordinary and very, very exciting. And in the edit the following day, um, I remember driving towards the offices where the edit facilities were. And I ran in, and myself and Carl were saying, Well, well, have we caught something? Have we caught something? And I remember the whole office in this facility, this edit facility in Manchester, were all crowded into this one tiny room where we edited the show. And everyone cheered away as we all watched in delight and abject horror as this wooden cross moved and slid all on its own across the paper. And it was really bizarre because if you watch it slowly, it actually looks like the paper is being, I don't know, blown uh, from underneath. Like it's undulating all on its own. And that was the point when I knew that trigger objects really do work. Now, one of the most frightening places I've ever had the delight, and I say that with sarcasm, of course, is East Drive in Leeds. And who can forget if you've seen the episode and if you haven't, where have you been? It's on YouTube. Check it out. But don't watch it on your own. But the moment for me with the trigger objects there was when our locked off cameras captured several ping pong balls moving across the floor all on their own. Now this activity was captured on a locked off camera and it astounds me and freaks me out every time I see it. The balls were placed as a trigger object as we knew that a certain spirit loved nothing more than to throw objects about in this small home. Would this spirit move the balls? And it wasn't long before it did and what we managed to capture on film is incredible. The balls All move at different times across the floor in one direction, and then they roll back again independently of each other. Of course, when we went back into the locked off room, we knew that we'd caught movement on the camera as the balls were now in slightly different places than where we set them. But we didn't know just how much they'd moved and how bizarrely they had all been displaced. What's more, when we watch the footage back in the edit, you can hear something. A voice, perhaps? Is it growling? It's there, a voice really close to the, to the camera, and it was picked up. Have a listen. What do you think? While I talked to Glenn, our locked-off cameras caught some amazing footage in the middle bedroom we can see the windows are not open as the curtains remain still and the balls move in different directions so we can eradicate wind as a possible cause. Another strange occurrence in this room was the appearance of a shadow at the door which wasn't there earlier. This remarkable footage and the strange sound we heard before the balls moved stands as one of the best pieces of evidence we've caught so far. And then there's the infamous haunted doll that we used as a trigger object at Codnor Farm Cottage. I mentioned it at the top of the show. And as you know, I've described this horrific activity uh, on an earlier episode. And do you know something? I have actually told this to you. We still haven't found that awful doll. It has gone missing. Who knows where it is? I mean, can you imagine if... For some bizarre reason, you go into your barn, you go into your spare bedroom, you go into your attic, your cellar, wherever. And you think, what's this strange box? And you look inside it and you see this burnt, horrific doll. No idea where it's come from. Well, let me tell you, it's it's our haunted doll. You found it. Get rid of it bury it, do something with it. It's horrific. Um, if you don't know what happened with this haunted doll, check out the episode uh, on YouTube. It's a really good one. So what we did was we decided to use an alleged haunted doll as a trigger object in the attic of an old cottage where the ghosts of children have been heard laughing and giggling and, and running around. Would they interact with this doll? It was something that we were bringing into the haunted house and we hoped it would pique the ghostly children. Children's interest. Now, if I'm being honest, I have no explanation for what happened, but when the locked-off cameras captured the doll bursting into flames, that's right, it burst into flames, spontaneous combustion, we were all absolutely speechless and, as you can imagine, incredibly frightened. And on that same night, Carl, my husband and producer of the show, Most Haunted, he himself was set on fire. His arm... Set on fire. You can actually see his, I've forgotten which arm it is, ignite into flames. The footage terrified me, and it's an investigation I will never forget and weirdly enough after that had occurred with the with the uh, doll bursting into flames and also Carl's uh, coat sleeve going up um, the smell of burning and fire was often witnessed by uh, later investigators so were the spirits of that location deliberately setting fire to objects and why? that's something we've never ever discovered. We even had the Cheshire Fire Service inspect the doll and Carl's coat and they surmised that no accelerant had been used on the doll or Carl's coat sleeve. My next trigger object has to be one of the most creepiest objects found in a haunted location. Of course, it's the old Victorian creaky Oh, awful looking wheelchair. I decided to take on an investigation with me, the metal band bullet for my valentine, who just happened to get in touch and say, we're huge fans of Most Haunted, please can we come along? Now, these are big, burly guys that are into very heavy metal and... I'm thinking they won't be scared. Surely not. Oh, how wrong I was. Uh, we took them to Newton House in Wales because uh, they're a Welsh band. And my God, at the end of the night, they were all sat in one of the band's cars. We, <laughs> everybody had run out into the car park, apart from Carl and Stuart, who, as we know, are incredibly brave. And we were all sat in this car, shaking as we heard tapping and knocking all around the vehicle something was tapping and banging on the vehicle while these lads were screaming and oh my god It was absolutely fantastic. But previous to this, my investigation team and the lads had experienced all manner of bizarre and frightening phenomena in Newton uh, House, from an old-fashioned radio playing on its own, poltergeist activity, voices and knocking phenomena. The best was when we witnessed the Victorian wheelchair move across the uneven wooden bedroom floor. We heard the creaking first, we were all in the room, And then it moved. It rolled only an inch or two and did it when we asked for it to happen. So I knew then that we had to leave a locked off camera on this antiquated old chair. Here was a trigger object. Would it move again? And would we get it on camera? So we did just that. We set up the locked off camera and we locked the door behind us. We went back into the room an hour later and we were absolutely delighted to see that the chair was in a different position in the room. We then, we couldn't wait for the edit. We were just too excited. We spooled back the footage on the camera and there it was. Ah, just the most wonderful sight. There it was, this this creepy black sort of iron metal wheelchair. Um, It had moved a couple of feet, stopped, And then you can actually see the wheels move direction as the old-fashioned sort of – there's like a sort of metal rod that comes up in the middle, like a handle with a wooden handle at the top. So when you're sitting in this wheelchair, you move it around by moving this stick. But you can actually see the stick move and the wheels move and then – the whole wheelchair moved a few uh, feet further across the floor. It was an incredible piece of footage, and it was as if... 100% that somebody, a ghost, was sat in that chair and making it move. And that band, Bullet for My Valentine, (laughs) I looked across at them and I could see them visibly shaking when we were watching the footage. It was unbelievable. So those are just a few of my favorite trigger objects. And if you're a paranormal investigator or you fancy going on a Most Haunted uh, investigation, uh, on an experience with us and you fancy bringing along a trigger object um these are just a few that i've got off the top of my head there's some dice you can bring coins are always a favorite we 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 get coins thrown at us coins like to move obviously balls tennis balls uh footballs uh colorful balls as well and um, dolls Creepy, creepy things are dolls, especially when you're looking at them in a dark room. Any kind of toy, Bibles, Mm. torches, particularly ones with different coloured lights on them, religious statues. So crosses, statue of Jesus, statue of Mary Magdalene or, or anything to do with religion really, really works. I don't know why but it does. And also jewellery as well, rings, a necklace perhaps. Now, items that are brought into a haunted location should be relevant to that property. So, the entity will be interested in it. So, for example, toys may be used to entice spirit children, perhaps uh, in a schoolhouse. Dice or alcohol might be used in a bar or a pub, for example. Dominoes, there's another trigger object as well. When setting up trigger objects, often we set up a camera in the area making sure that um, you can see the trigger object it's very clear but also the area around it so you can see that nobody is walking into vision nobody's manipulating it Um, it's not fake; it's it's real and that's really really important either use paper anything cardboard whatever that that you can actually draw around the object as well black marker or chalk to mark that position and then leave the camera to run throughout the investigation Um, and it's a amazing to watch these objects move later on on your camera it really is worth putting the work in obviously we've done lots of these with locked off cameras and we've had i'd say oh my gosh 60 70 percent of the time nothing happens and it's really disappointing but then you get your gem then you get your scream out loud excitement moment when you look back at the footage and you see something has moved it's an extraordinary wonderful phenomena Um, You can now get a range of trigger objects um, that contain environmentally activated sensors that trigger when this sensor is tripped. Now, these can come in all sorts of, well, dolls, cuddly toys, and even lamps. But I always find, as I say, that something connected to religion uh, seems to get a result. I always take some sort of cross with me and remember to pack some paper and a pen in your bag. Cross your fingers and good luck. Do you believe in reincarnation and the possibility of past lives? Join me in our newest series of Yvette Investigates, where I undergo my own past life regression journey to find out who I was in a past life and how this impacts my life in the present. With help from Sal from Spacious Wings Therapies Join me as I explore the most important parts of my past life Meet the characters that were closest to me And work to restore peace to the person I used to be You can hear things like this Sounds like trust is important to you Yes, it is very important But I don't know who to trust anymore. And this They're making me... I don't want to sign this No But they're making me sign it. I feel I have to. But I know it's not right. It's making me quite upset, actually. You can access this brand new series at www.paranormalpod.co.uk. So don't walk, run! Welcome back. Now, before we jump into this week's story, we have a listener letter uh, all the way from California. Isa got in touch on email to say, and I hope I've said your name correctly. Apologies if I haven't. It says, Hello, Yvette. I'm a film TV producer. I have a question. Why is it, whilst doing your ghost hunting, you do not speak to your ghosts in Old English? Modern English would definitely work here in the USA, but why do your producers not use the English language? Old English that your departed ghost would understand. It's a completely different language than what you are using, much like trying to ghost hunt using Spanish or French or maybe even Arabic. Old English and English are not the same language. I suggest using a translator and having them ask questions in Old English when investigating castles and such from that era. Well, thank you so much for getting in touch. And I have to say it's a brilliant, brilliant question. The quick answer is no. I haven't spoken in Old English, but will definitely give it a try if I'm in the right location, of course, like an old hall, a pub or palace, for example, or castle. I have used interpreters on many occasions when investigating in foreign countries. So, for example, when I took my team down into the catacombs of Paveglia, I invited a lovely Italian lady to accompany me. Bless her. I think, I think she actually said to me, this is the most unusual <laughs> translation job I've, I've ever had to do. Um, so, bless her, she had to come down with me into these catacombs and we were there in the dark. Uh, and it was incredible. But I, like you, I thought, what's the point in me calling out in English when these ghosts will understand a word I'm saying? Now, in most cases, I would ask out and the interpreter would relay the message to the alleged spirit in the location. But... And here's the big but. It wasn't long before the ghosts were answering in English straight after I had asked the question in English. So this got me thinking. And so I asked, if when on the other side, is there a language barrier? And I was told by the spirits, no. So I think initially, like a trigger object, it's good to introduce yourself in their native tongue. But according to the spirit world... That's all that's required. I hope that that answers your question. But I tell you what, I shall definitely go and learn some old English to introduce myself at the next old location I investigate. But until then, West Fuhal. Ben sent in his voice note through WhatsApp, where he's had a number of experiences, which they believe is a spirit that has attached itself to his partner.
4: hello it my name is Ben and I've recently just found your podcast Paranormal activity I've been a massive fan on and off of most haunted throughout the years and I'm a big believer myself I to cut a long story short recently got got together with my girlfriend two years ago during covid and everything went really fast and we had a little boy. Um my partner has since told me that she went on a ghost walk about ten years ago in Edinburgh. And on this particular ghost walk stepped in this stone circle. You may be familiar with it, I believe that you have been there before. The ghost guide said not maybe not to step in it if you're vulnerable, but she stepped in it anyway. Fast forward 10 years later, with a little boy at home, we believe something is attached to my partner. We've had quite a few number of experiences, some pleasant, some not. Doors slamming open and shutting. My son being very unsettled, pointing at things that aren't there, giggling at things that aren't there. And so I decided to get my friend who is, who is a spiritualist, not a professional, he does it for a hobby, to come round. He came round with his kit, uh, a pendulum and laser pen gridded, grid laser pen. Straight away, he sensed, my nonna was there. She passed away about five years ago now, bless her heart. I've felt my nanar, and I've experienced really cold sensations, like the hair standing on the back of my neck. And my partner's felt it too. And my friends, who came around the other night, said that my nanar was protecting us from this entity that had attached itself to my partner. So we've got the positive force and we've got the negative force. Just a few more incidents. The other night we were in bed and woke up. My son was burst into tears. He was crying. The The heating, event, it was so hot that it, it had been turned on. I ran downstairs. It was reading 26 degrees. And I don't know who has the heating on 26 degrees in the middle of summer. We certainly hadn't put it on. So that was strange. Ever since the my friend came round with his spiritualist kit, we've just experienced gone through the roof. And we sat down, my partner and I, the other night, and we did the pendulum. We asked my nanar to step back, as she's quite powerful in protecting us from whatever is attached to my partner. And my partner asked if the entity was human. The pendulum, incredibly, I've never seen this before, swung to no. She then asked if, she, if it was going to hurt us. It said no. And then she asked if it could leave. Well, I've never jumped out of my skin so much in all my life. The door, I was sat on the settee and the door was next to me, it swung open and hit the back wall. And that was it. We stopped the pendulum. We haven't done a Ouija board because I I don't want a Ouija board in the house with my young son. Um, We just want this entity to go now. Um, I'm just wondering if you could help us, please. Anyway, love the show. Love Most Haunted. Uh, All the best to you and Carl and family. And hopefully we can get to the bottom of this. Speak soon.
3: Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I'm so, so sorry that you're going through this. It can be a very unnerving and unsettling time. Now, may I suggest that you get in touch with your local spiritualist church and have someone come out who can send this negative entity away? I assume that you've already tried yourself. If not, this is what you must do. And it's the simplest thing. And I I say this to most people that have this sort of problem. And for them, it does seem to work. All you have to do is sit quietly, the pair of you, and talk out loud to it, asking with respect for the entity to leave you in peace for it to go. Also, I think your Nana would never let anything bad happen to you or your family, as you quite uh, already said. Now, I must urge you, honestly, really get some help in this. This negative spirit needs to go 100%. No one knows why this can happen. But as someone that's had similar experiences myself in my own home, it can escalate if not stopped. I also had a thought and wondered if you and your wife have been possibly subconsciously opening yourselves up to the other side. Now, this can be as simple as watching too many paranormal TV shows, reading about the subject, or meditating, We can, unbeknownst to ourselves, open up that third eye, inviting all manner of beings into our lives. Now, if you need further help, please keep in touch with me and I will do my best to help you. Get in touch yourselves with any paranormal stories you've had. And if you have ever used a trigger object and had a response, let me know. Details on how to get in touch are at the end of the episode. Now, Let's take a moment for ourselves and put the focus on breathing with our good friend Paul Wales. Today, we're learning how to consciously
5: breathe. When the dramas of your world become too much, just consciously breathe. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out and follow the action of your breath knowing this takes you back inside. Be 100% connected to the action of this breath and you will stay empowered, becoming the observer of our beautiful world and not a participant in its dramas. And also make sure every breath we take, word we use and thought we have, always leaves you feeling at peace. If this is not the case, in that moment, take one step back in your mind and replace your action with something new that will leave you feeling still and at peace. And then you don't have to blame others for the way you are feeling. So, just remember, Paul says, just breathe.
3: Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to our lovely listeners for sharing their visitation stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com or we are on WhatsApp. Don't be shy. Just ring in and leave your story for me to read out on the show. The number is 075-999-27537. And we are on Instagram and our handle is at paranormalactivitypod. stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week but if you can't wait until then then visit us at this address www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early have a great week stay safe and remember things aren't always as they seem